Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Gabby Hello and welcome to That Gabby Roslin Podcast with me, That Gabby Roslin. In this episode, I'm joined by my hilarious friend, Keith Lemon. I adore him. We chat about everything from his favourite films, scary movies and what he's dressing up as for Halloween. Plus his brand new series of Celebrity Juice with new team captains Emily Atak and Laura Whitmore who will also be on this podcast in a few weeks. His YouTube channel called Keith Lemon's Doings and the Fantastical Factory of Curious Craft on Channel 4 and All 4. Plus, he gives us a fascinating insight into the start of his career when he worked in the same office as Sasha Baron Cohen, Simon Pegg, David Walliams and so many more huge names. So I just suddenly sat down to record this with you and I started singing a song from fame and you're another person who loves 80s films. Was it High Fidelity? High, High Fidelity. No, it wasn't. See if you can guess which one it was. Oh, well, it can't have been fame because I'd guessed straight away. Well, now I got, oh, is it fame? No, no. Um, what's another fame song? Okay, shall I do it? Go on. We sing the body electric. Oh, Jesus. Do you not remember that one? <laughs> sing it again. No. Go on, sing it again. I was sitting here singing the whole thing. I don't know why. I was thinking of you and I thought of 80s films instantly. Sing it again. Go away. <laughs> when I speak to you on the phone, when you're Lee, you've got your hair up and your bandage off. And when you're Keith, you've got your hair down and your bandage on. Do you know what I've got today? I've got plaits. Because that's my new thing. I've got plaits. Plat panther. <laughs> <laughs> Your hair is longer than long hair. Is it too long, do you think? No, I like it. I love it. It's so curly. It's it's like um, it's about an inch or past my nipples. That's okay. That covers them beautifully. I normally get cut to my nipples. What are you wearing? I've got um, a shirt that has the print of the carpet from The Shining. Because um, today... I'm filming some Halloween stuff at home from a YouTube channel, which is called Keith Lemon's Doings. So it's going to be Keith Lemon's Halloween Doings. So on the run-up to Halloween every day, um, in the, the week run-up, I'm going to do a post which is Halloween-based. So um, I just thought, oh, this is the perfect shirt to film a, a YouTube thing. And, um, Shining, which is also the character I'll be dressing as on the Halloween Celebrity Juice next week. 
But you might think, that's not much of a costume. He just wears a burgundy corduroy jacket and jeans and a check shirt. That's exactly what I thought. So I said, can I get prosthetic makeup so I look exactly like Jack Nicholson? People, minds will be blown and they'll go, where's Keith? And, and then I'll just say, there is only Jack now. you got to do that. I said, wouldn't it be great if I'm smashing out of my dressing room, get at the beginning of the show with an axe, <laughs> and then I just go, come find me, Keith, and then just walk on set. Then. Red rum. Yeah. Red rum. Um, it's a terrifying film, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know, actually, really weirdly, um, last night we were talking to our younger daughter and she was saying, that because she's really sad about um, Halloween, I think lots of kids are, because it's the one night she can yeah. just gorge on sweets and they love dressing up her and her friends they yeah. absolutely love it she says she prefers it to christmas which i think is quite sweet and um but she says she's really sad about it and then i said well i've shown you you can well we can call um keith on halloween night he'll frighten you if you want we could do that well yeah i'm gonna be dressed as a demigorgon sat at my kitchen table <laughs> sat at my kitchen table dressed as a demigorgon well you see that's and she loves stranger things then she said that her friends are going to do a Netflix party where they all start watching in the film at the same time wherever they are and they watch it together but they couldn't decide what film was scary enough but then I started saying I laugh at scary films well I do when I'm with people because I laugh that I'm scared and I go oh I'm kicking my pants it's a bit (laughs) depressing I think watching horror films by yourself because you all enjoy being scared, don't you? So, there's some I don't like. I don't like the psychological ones. I don't like the ones that get into your head. Ugh. What's the most terrifying film you've ever seen? Well, you see, here's the thing. I was telling her that I laugh at Psycho. I laugh at pol- uh, Poltergeist. I laugh at... Um, what's the one where the, where the head spinning? What's the one? Exorcist. Exorcist makes me laugh because everybody has taken the piss in every show for so many yeah. years of all of those films that I just can't help but laugh. But I don't like things like Dead Calm. That's Nicole Kidman, isn't it? And Sam Neill. Yes. What about the hand that rocks the cradle? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Ugh. It's not scary, but the best vampire film ever made is The Lost Boys. Oh, I know that, but that's your favourite film of all time, isn't it? Is that number one over Teen Wolf? Oh, and Back to the Future. And Back to the Future. Back to the Future's the most perfectly made film I've ever seen. Oh, it is. You're right, though. It never ages. It's a classic in the same respect of It's a Wonderful Life. Wow, would you put it there? 100%, yeah. It's perfectly made. I'm not talking about Back to the Future 2 or 3, but Back to the Future 1 that is simply called Back to the Future, not Back to the Future 1, because that would have told us a lot more than we need to know at the beginning. Back to the Future 1, oh, there's going to be a two or three. What's going to happen there? Is he going to the future? Is going to the past? Where's he going to go? Back to the Future, that's simply called Back to the Future, is the most perfectly made film. Can you imagine if Superman had been called Superman 1 as well? I always thought that one as a kid, like, because there was Superman 1, 1, 2 and 3 and 4. 4 was ridiculous, quest for peace. But anyway, Superman 1, imagine if it was just called Superman 1. How excited would that, would that be spoiling things for you as a kid? Or would you go, wow, there's going to be some other Supermans. I can't wait to see Christopher Reeve flying around with a black line around him because the special effects are all that. But I'm really falling for it. And he did say on the poster, <laughs> you won't believe a man can fly. And I am believing it. And as I'm running out of the cinema now, I've got my coat around my neck and I've got my hands in the air and I'm believing I can fly. I've got the exact same rush as when I saw Rocky and I came out. I go, oh, I'm doing boxing in the air. You see, I have to say, I'm going to put in a film that I just know you won't put in there, but I'm going to put in... My number one favourite film of all time, When Harry Met Sally. Again, another perfectly made film. It's incredible. It's probably one of the first films I saw where I thought, oh, I'm getting older, I'm enjoying these sort of films. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, when I watched it as a teenager, I guess, um, I thought, yeah, I can sit and concentrate and watch 
Marmachor films now, and it's brilliantly written. Billy Crystal is amazing. Um, Meg Ryan is amazing. So funny. Remember when she went on parking, it went all wrong. But she used to be really funny and really attractive as well. And I love her big bouncy hair as well. Oh, she was perfect. But I was very lucky that Billy Crystal came on The Big Breakfast and I did that scene with him live on Breakfast Telly. I think I might remember, you know, because I've got on VHS your last um, day on Big Breakfast. Does make me laugh. And it just says, Gabby's last day. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it weird that I recorded that? (laughs) It is, and that we're friends now. Because it's not like recording a movie, is it? It's not like recording, yeah, we record a movie (laughs) off telly, but recording someone's last day on their telly show. (laughs) That's what sort of kid I was, I guess. No, but you know what? You know I absolutely adore Jill, your wife. I, I think she's... Oh, you mean Derek? She's a goddess. Your wife is Derek now, is she? Yeah, to keep me um, anonymity, I call me wife Derek. I call me kids Bob and Jeff, but that's not the name. Okay. I love Derek. <laughs> oh, Derek's lovely, isn't he? <laughs> but you, you know, the wonderful thing about you is you don't ever say sorry for having joy. And that's why the two of us... Driving in the car, we drove out to do something for Oxfam, but we just loved, and I came back and I said to my husband, what shall I call him? Uh, Gladys. So I said to my husband, Gladys, um, (laughs) I have just had the most joyful day because I've just met somebody who is equally joyful about life. Isn't it weird that we didn't know each other we went for a long drive? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Didn't really know each other, but let's go for a long drive to Oxfam. (laughs) Which you would do if you were on telly, wouldn't you? Because it's part of your job and you'd, there'd be a camera there. So you'd play up a little bit to the camera and you'd have your television etiquette on. And um, I didn't really know Gabby Rosalind then and I just got in the car with you. You, you could have been a murderer and killed me. <laughs> but put I, a bag on me head and put me in a ditch. I said that to, I said that to Derek um, when I turned up at your house. I said, this is the weirdest thing. I'm about to drive home with your husband. He might be a mass murderer. <laughs> She thought I was a bit mad, but that's fine. But that's how I met you properly, was through your wife, because I, st- st- I was talking to you Derek. You stalked her? I stalked her. I was stalking <laughs> I was talking to her at an event. She's lovely. You two have been together for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But I remember meeting you at um, somewhere off Davina McCall's when she used to do the charity thing for Focus. Yes. For drug re- rehabilitation. And I said, oh, look, Gabby Rosalind's there. I think, and I think just, I just went, hello, and just walked off. But she isn't Davina the person that, that got you into television in the very first place? I read that. I read that um, she did that. But what happened was um, I was doing a sketch, um, my first sketch where I was getting paid for it on telly because I did a lot of stuff for free when I was younger. And um, we used to have, in the office, we used to have um, MTV on and we all fancied Davina. And I said, well, let's write Davina into this sketch so we can meet her. And um, luckily for us, she said yes. So we'd filmed all day. And then she said, have you, have you got an agent? Or no. Because I'm like, what do I need an agent for? She said, here's the number of my agent. I went, oh, cool, thanks. And she said, are you going to phone him? I went, no. Do you, do you want me to phone him? I went, yeah. And then she phoned him. And then I got an agent and uh, started working in telly properly, I guess. That's the discovery. Because I remember she's, I've, re- I've read that she discovered me on the stand-up circuit. But that's not true, because I've only done stand-up twice, because I'm not a stand-up comedian. But I did stand-up at Spitalfields Art Market, and it was basically like um, Bo Selector Live. 
And that went well, and I got paid £90 and spent it straight away at the bar. <laughs> and then the next time I did stand-up, who was at the O2? <laughs> what, you went from, from a, 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 Bittlefields to the O2? Yeah, because I was supposed to introduce Jonathan Ross on stage for um, Stand Up to Cancer, I think it was. And um, I said, yeah, I'll do that, because one of my heroes, um, which he doesn't like me saying, because um, I was saying nice things about Jonathan, and he'll just use expletives at me. And... Um, so I thought, I can welcome Jonathan Ross on stage. And then when I got there, my name was up on the thing. And there's that little piece about me in the programme. And I said to Jonathan, I went, why is my name up there? I'm just introducing you. He went, you can talk. Just get on stage and just say some stuff. And I went, well, I don't have a set because I'm not a stand-up comedian. Just make some stuff up. I went, okay. And I can remember walking up at the O2. And about two weeks previously, I'd just seen the Spice Girls there. And, um, and I thought, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. No material whatsoever. It'll come. It'll come. And then luckily it came and I, I just spoke about the Spice Girls and seeing the Spice Girls there. And then um, I talked about my friend who's got a job at NASA and they're doing an experiment about breasts at the moment, and it, which is most common, the left or the right one to be the biggest on a lady. Because the lady's always got one bigger than the other, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because I've just started Celebrity Juice with Emily Atak and Laura Whitmore and we did a promo for it the other day. And yeah, we were talking about how I've matured and... Um, I think about people more than I used to because I just used to think about getting a laugh, I guess. Or I'm quite frivolous and carefree and I get into trouble for saying, oh, I don't care. And my mum always goes, don't stop saying you don't care. And I says, mum, it's my defence mechanism. It's, it's how I cope with things. And um, oh, I'll tell you what, that's just made, reminds me. Um, someone said to me, Keith, how are you coping with lockdown? And I said, I'm reveling in the simple things in life, such as a remote control that doesn't have a wire coming from it into the telly, like I used to have when I lived at home. Isn't that weird? Just looking at things and going, look, I own a tree. Got a tree in my garden. Got a wicked tree in my garden. I wanted to put Christmas lights on it, but it's too big, apparently. And they get very tall ladders. Did you not watch that on Blue Peter? They used to show us on Blue Peter. Yeah. Did you do Blue Peter? No, that's what I wanted to do when I was very little, but I got very upset because I thought... Um, I'm allergic to cats because would they get rid of the cat to have me as a presenter? I am. Oh, are you as well? Yeah, I get itchy and sneezy. And I'm a natural redhead. I know you are. That's a secret not many people know until you look at your arms. <laughs> <laughs> My freckly arms. Because you know what as well? Emily Atak has got the same arms as me. She went, look, we're arm twins. Oh, is she another She's freckly one? a bazillion freckles. Oh, She's covered in freckles, but she hides them. Knew I loved her. I knew I loved her. I, I, I've known her mummy for years. It's so weird that... I, she... I'll, I'll, I don't know mum that well, but she's lovely. Oh, she really, really is. From and her uncle to. is one of the funniest... He used Ted? to do... Yeah, Ted Robbins used to do the warm-up for me on um, a Saturday night show I did called Whatever You Want. Did you do a show called Whatever You Want? Whatever You Want. Yeah, for four years on BBC. Because I did a show called Whatever I Want. Did you? On LWT years ago. And I used to challenge people to do whatever I want. And whilst they were doing that, I would do what they would normally be doing at that time. Like what? Like I, uh, Claudia Winkleman, who wasn't as famous back then, um, but I knew her, so she would often help me and stuff. Um, I would challenge, I challenged Claudia Winkleman to be a, a Butlin's red coat. And while she's doing that, I would babysit because she was babysitting for someone. Oh, my God. That's great. Why do it now? Tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like, like just talking about Blue Peter. I'd like, I'd love to do like an edgy Blue Peter. Call it Ginger Pete. I don't know. Well, that's what your that's what your YouTube yeah, is like. Is. And the yeah. and actually, I think the fantastical factory of fab 
curious craft. craft. Is the that show right? with the longest title ever that's too long. I said that on the day to him. I said, I went, hello and welcome to the fantastic, what's it? What's the program called again? <laughs> um, I said, this, the title's too long. I went, just call it Craft Factory. They originally were going to call it um, Craft Work, which is a miles better title as well. And um, I, was, I had a meeting over week because I don't know if it's coming back. I hope oh, it no, it's got to. But they've done a focus group thing. And I think um, they'll definitely be changing the name because they said, oh, in the focus group, it said the name's too long. <laughs> no one can remember what it's called. I said, I told you. Yeah, but you're, do- aren't you're doing, well, I hope you do more. I really hope you do more of that because that actually was a bit like Blue Peter, funnily enough. I know what you, it was yeah. grown-up version. I loved it. I loved it. But what? But you're doing, you're working with Create and Craft as well, aren't you? Yeah, well, I guess that's come from my YouTube doings, Keith Lemon's doings, because um, my agent said do a, a YouTube channel. I said no for years. Because I just thought, if I was honest, I thought that's what kids do, don't they? In it for kids. And, you know, I watch YouTube, I watch reviews, and I watch how to fix things. And um, lockdown happened, so there was no work. Um, apart from I did lockdown juice, we did three episodes at the end of the series. And then I had nothing to do. So I just thought, oh, well, I'll do a YouTube channel then now. And uh, so I'll just do anything I want, really. I might open a box, I might review something, I might draw something, I might make something. Might do a silly sketch, and um, and, that, and that's how that came about. So then, create and craft. I think must have seen it and said, "Do you want to do some makes for us?" Now I said, "Yeah." I said, "But I'm not really a crafter. I don't know what I am. Um, I just make things." Well, you are. <coughs> yes, you are. Though no, You're like brilliant. proper craft. They, they make like greeting cards and stuff, and flower pressing and block printing and stuff. Um, and I said, "I'll have a go at that." I think the first one was me. Um, doing sculpting with clay which i'd never done before and i made a baby yoda um for my offspring um who wanted that jeff wanted that um so i did that for jeff are we allowed to talk about that room or is that still as i mean because everybody sees it now in your house i mean that area of what you've collected and and what you've made yeah i have a a, room of shame i don't show it on telly or anything but i do have a room of shame yeah a lot of people have one but it's just depends on the extent of their shame because Gino DiCampo, he collects toys. Um, someone who, who has more shame than me is Jonathan Ross. He's got a building of shame. His office is filled with stuff. I don't know if you've been to his office. He collects a lot of Japanese toys and toys from the 70s and furniture from the 70s. He's got a lot of um, Mego toys. They're called Mego, which when I was a kid, it was like eight-inch figures of Superman and, and Spider-Man and stuff, and I collected them. And, and Jonathan's got a lot of those. I've got a few, but not as many as him. And these are all boxed up as well and all in lovely condition. And um, I guess that's where me and Jonathan connected via toys. Um, yeah, like middle-aged men talking about eight-inch figures, which is weird, isn't it? <laughs> Just a bit. But again, I'm at an age where I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> when I was making my Demigorgon costume, I went straight up to camera afterwards and went, I do have a social life, you know. <laughs> but you that's what I said about having looking for the joy in things and that's what you do but all this also the clothes the clothes are your big thing and the stuff that you make and those jackets that you've painted wow I bought another jacket a biker jacket yesterday which I didn't need but um I, I, they're all different because I paint them and then I think I just need one that's not painted but yeah I love clothes I'd love to do a fashion program I've been talking about doing a fashion program and I said it should be called what are you wearing because people often ask me in these different tones, go, what are you wearing? Well, I'm wearing this. And then or sometimes they'll go, you to that party, yeah? What are you wearing? So I thought, that's a good title for a, a programme about <laughs> clothes. And I'd like to sort of indulge. 
in the history of the leather jacket. Some men don't own a leather jacket or, or they might be buying their first leather jacket. So I'd like to tell them, because I think I have the knowledge, um, what leather jacket they should be buying at their age um, and how much they should be paying for it as well. And the history of the suit, the history of the brogue, stuff like that. Of course, I'd have to do it with a lady. Well, why don't you do that? I, just I, do I, phoned, it. I phoned Maya Jammer up and said, you like clobber, don't you? You want to do a fashion programme? But we won't call it fashion simply because people go, ooh, it's too niche, even though we all wear clothes. We don't sleep at night because we're just thinking of ideas. I mean, we, we were saying that. It's like, I, I can't ever switch off my head. It's a curse. Yeah. Well, it's a nice curse. Yeah. I send my agent about two treatments a week, always. But I've got an idea. And um, some of them land um, and have been on telly and some of them just float off. It's a lovely job, isn't it? I don't understand people who think they're super rad because they work in TV and think they're better than people and they're rude to other people. I don't get that at all. The, the the best thing is enjoying your job, no matter what your job is. And uh, yeah, I feel very lucky that um, I came to that London and it happened because I remember when I lived in Leeds and I said to my mates, I'm going to go to London, I'm going to uh, work in telly. And they all laughed. Ah, Keith thinks he's going to be on telly. And um, luckily, touch wood, I've, I've had a pretty good career. I'm still here. Uh, I might not be after this, but I'll, I'll keep trying. <laughs> But um, yeah, I just love it. It's, it's such a fun job, isn't it? Actually, it's very interesting what you just said because um, the late, great uh, Sir Terry Wogan always used to say, um, you know, if I got wet, I worked with him for 11 years and I, I remember there was one, something that happened and I was, I went, oh God, we should have done this, we should have done this. And he looked at me and he just went, Gabby, it's not brain surgery. It's only television. Yeah. And is. I went, I know, but I love it so much. He goes, I get yeah. that. I get that you love it. And we are very, very blessed to do what we absolutely love. But it's just, so that we're not any, we're not special because we do it. We're special because we're, we're lucky enough to be living our dreams and enjoy the job. That's what exactly. makes you special, I guess, that you love your job. My friend um, in Leeds, who is also, I won't say his name, he's got a simple job, but he works with lovely people. So that makes him enjoy his job. He loves his job as much as I love mine. You know, it's exciting getting up on a Monday, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, exactly. On a Monday morning, I never go, oh, I've got to go to work. I can't wait to get to work. Me too. And also, you've made movies. Hold on, it's not just TV. You've had your own, you've had your eponymous movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was incredible because it was in development for three years and I felt like it was being overdeveloped because they kept talking about Jeopardy and Jeopardy. And I said, it's got funny is most important. Um, but it did really well, but got panned to bits, which made me think I probably won't make another film that I am. Did you say, but you are? You are writing one at the minute, yeah. Oh, my God. And I've just done another cameo. I like doing cameos, actually, because you're only there for a day or two. And um, because when you're doing your own film, you sit in a tent or a caravan for hours on end, and then you do one minute's filming, it feels like, where, you know, it's like in telly, it's quite fast and you can do quite a lot of telly, but films take ages. I don't know why, still don't know why, but I did a, a, a morning, actually. It was a morning on Rocketman. Dexter Fletcher got me, and I know Dexter Fletcher because he was in the sitcom I did called A Bear's Tale. He played the writer under the stairs, so I became friends with him. And he um, asked me if I wanted to do a little cameo in Rocketman, which I had a full scene which got cut down into one line. But I didn't care, I said... Um, I said, Dexter, can you just give me that one line in every film you do? And um, <laughs> he said, yeah. So what's next then? 
I've just done a, a little cameo in the new remake of Oliver Twist as well. Um, it's set in contemporary times and it's about, um, what's it called, where they jump all over the place? Parkour. Yeah. Yeah, where they yeah, jump yeah. everywhere. So Oliver Twist is one of those dudes and I'm the role of Mr. Bumble. That's how old I Are am. Are you? But Mr. Bumble is, hasn't got as big a role as Harry Seacombe did back in the day and he's a, a traffic warden and that's me and I read the script, Fat Traffic Warden. <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, I still get into my size 34 jeans, though. That's what I wear. <laughs> I, when, when, I'm, when, when did I become fat? <laughs> and uh, I'm not fat, but I do, have, I do have dad body, which I'm very proud of. It's just if you tipple over, you, you, can, you can go, oh, I'm not dad body now. Now I'm like, I'm carrying timber. I've got a lovely dad body, I like but it. But you know what? When you were there having dreams in Leeds of being on telly, going to that London, did you ever think you'd be cast as the fat traffic warden? <laughs> fat traffic warden. But they put a very big jacket on me, so it looks like I'm fuller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, again, it was no pressure. I was just there for two days. And um, it was with Raph Law, Jude Law's son, um, very nice guy. Um, it, just like his dad, insane, looks like him and sounds like him. And I think he's going to be massive. Um, yeah, I, I hope it's, I've seen the trailer for it. It looks great. It's got Rita Ora in it. It's got uh, Michael Caine in it. Oh, uh, yes, so it's, it's coming uh, out. David Williams is in it. It would have been in the cinema, but COVID mashed everything up. So I think it's just coming out. Well, not just coming out. It's coming out on Sky because um, it's a Sky movie, but it would have been at the cinema, but not now. Yeah. Have you seen anything? Have you gone to the cinema? Have you done any? Did you go and see Tenet? No. You'd love that film. Isn't it really complicated? It really is, but it's like it's like a fair, a fairground ride. When you leave, you think, I want to go again. Did you see Inception? Yes, love that. I tried three times and then I went, oh, I'm not bothered. No. I like Leonardo DiCaprio, though. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was ace because a lot of people didn't like that. But um, I mean, I think it was Marmite, wasn't it? I thought it was ace. I loved it. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. Oh, they're acting their pants off in a good way because normally I don't like it when people are acting too much. It's like, oh, just stop acting. And um, but they were, it, they were so acting, it was ace, and and I wanted to be Brad Pitt. And as soon as I came out, I googled um, Wrangler denim jacket with zip because I thought he had a denim jacket on with a zip up the front, and I thought, oh, I want that jacket. And now I've got it. I'd go to the cinema at odd times of the day. I went, at, um, it might be been half ten when I went to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on a, yeah, probably that Tuesday. And it was filled, and someone had a go at me for saying this, it was filled with a sea of grey hair. It was all grey, and then at the back was a little bit of ginger, and that was me. And um, <laughs> I came out of the cinema and said, I've ne- I don't know if it's sort of pensioners, um, half price or something, I was just, but I've never been to the cinema, and it's filled with a, such a mature audience and someone had a go at me and I went, well, I would have said the same if it was filled with 16-year-olds. I thought I was in Twilight Zone or something. Why did they have a go at you? Because people like to have a go, don't they, on um, social networks. or Well, mostly Twitter, I guess. I went out for a drink before lockdown happened with um, my old agent, actually. And um, I, got, I got painted like I was Peter Sutcliffe or something because I had a drink with my old agent. And I just thought... Just done school run. There were miles more people. I'm in a pub with one person. Nobody else in the pub. Nobody in the pub. Um, two men behind the bar and two men sat in the pub. And everyone had a go at me. It wasn't even locked down. No, it wasn't. It was and before. Just because um, I think um, 
Boris was talking about not going to social gatherings and all this business. Um, it was in the afternoon, having a pizza with my old agent. Nobody in there. Nobody there. And the, Yeah, but they like to like, blow again. things out of proportion. Well, nothing was going on, was it, really? So everyone... But I think um, a few people have been attacked um, by the media during lockdown just because nothing's going on. So they just have to make a story out of note, I guess. Don't they? That was the most serious thing I've ever said. I love you for that. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, I, I want to know what makes you laugh because a lot of people will say, what makes you laugh? Oh, it's, it's Keith Lemon makes me laugh. But what makes you properly guffaw with laughter? My mum. My mum and dogs on skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's an, in, it's an incredible joy to see a dog on a skateboard. You think, how clever is that dog? It's learned to skateboard. And look how funny it looks with its little leg pushing the skateboard. I hope it doesn't fall over. It always brings a smile to my face in the same vein as the fart noise, the funniest noise in the world. But then also, <laughs> silence is a funny thing. If you're on the telly show, you just go quiet for too long. You know, people start uncomfortably laughing. And the uncomfortable laughter always makes me laugh. And the madness of my mum. And I always think, are you pretending to be daft? Because sometimes I think she just pretends to be daft. But um, she does it because she knows it brings joy to people, her daftness. So, yeah, like, my mum's always funny. And people say, like, who's your favourite comedians and stuff to me? I love Jim Carrey. I love Mike Myers and Vic and Bob. And um, I thought Sasha Baron Cohen was great. as Well, still is. I'm looking forward to um, Borat 2. Electric Boogaloo. I wish it was called that. It's not called that, is it? I like Sasha Baron Cohen. He was great. And I used to work with him. Well, say not with him, in the same office. I used to work at the Paramount Channel. And um, I was sat next to um, Dom Jolly. And Sasha Baron Cohen was opposite me. Who else was there? Matt Lucas and David Williams were there. Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett were there. Um, yeah, it was a weird office full of loads of people just doing funnies, I guess. Did you know that if you looked around that room, did you know that the, all those people were going to be hugely successful, including yourself? Would you have put money on all of them? Uh, some of them, yeah. Well, quite excited to see Matt Lucas there because uh, he was George Dawes to me. And Simon Pegg was, Simon Pegg was there. With, what was he doing? I can't remember what he's doing. I think they were making space as well. But yeah, they, they were all incredible people. I was in awe of them, really, because I felt like they were like real comedians and such. And um, I just conned my way in, which is the same feeling I had when I sat with um, um, Fern Cotton at the BAFTAs twice and sat there like, they're going to kick us out soon, we shouldn't be <laughs> and then And then she went and presented um, an award and then sat back down next to me. She went, what are you going to do if you win? Have you got a speech? She went, I'm going to win. 
I said, um, Graham Norton, you know, so I'm not going to win. And and then what's weird enough, just felt a little sticker underneath my chair and um, pulled this sticker off underneath my chair and had my name on. I thought, well, that's weird. And then my category came up and I won. And um, I just didn't know what to do. So I put a posh voice on, pretended to be posh. Lo- you love the fact that you won the award yeah. and you could tell that... You know, they overwhelmed, and that is wonderful. Those, those are the people who should win awards, people who work really hard, but also really appreciate the awards. Not the people that get up and go, "Oh, here we go, another one." Well, thank you very yeah. much to my agent. Do you know what I mean? It's... You know, I've been to people's houses where they have their awards in their toilets. I was going, "Don't put your award in your toilet. That's where you do a shit." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look at while you wait. But where's yours then? It's in my office. What I'm sat in now. Um, on on my shelf with all my others, if I could blow me on trumpet, it's on my top shelf next to a twelve inch figure of a robot actually that Jonathan Ross gave me when I went to his office for the second series of Shopping, which is called Shopping and Not Shopping, because we filmed some of it before lockdown. And you're doing that now, though, aren't you? Have you finished? Finished, finished. I think I've got probably one day of voiceover, unless I did that yesterday. Celebrity Juice, of course, as you said, that's back. I forgot to go to the voiceover for Celebrity Juice. And uh, I was going for a pint with my agent and she said, um, how did Celebrity Juice go? I went, what do you mean? You did voiceover for that today, didn't you? Yeah. I went, no. She went, you supposed to? I went, oh, no. And I just ran there. <laughs> Luckily, I was like five minutes away, so I just ran there, did the voiceover, went, and, and she just waited outside. <laughs> I'll be two minutes. It's just for the title sequence. It's sort of a little bit of a revamp because we've got um, new team captains. Does it feel different as a show? Um, it feels different for me um, simply because it's with two different captains. And we've had different captains before when Holly and Fern were off having babies and stuff. So I'm used to that. Um, but sort of knowing that they're there, you know, that's their job now, these girls. And the two girls who I love dearly and have known for years... And so there's no gambling of chemistry. We, we know we're already friends. And then, but the weirdest thing is the small audience of 46 people because of COVID. Right in the corner, there's a bunch of tables and there's microphones coming out of the floor. And um, so the audience sit on these tables with masks on. I can't even see them. Um, I, I guess the good thing is you can go and have photographs of them because there's only 46 people. But I can't step over the line which they're in. They're in like a, a, a roped off area and I can't step, I can't go into it, but I, I go up to them and do a photograph, socially distanced photograph. And um, But the first episode, was, it's so weird because not hearing laughter or claps or anything. You could hear it a little bit, but not much. So in the second episode, I was like um, more prepared for it in my mind. And um, I've done loads of telly without audiences, um, you know. Um, so I just kind of look at it like, it's not a show with an audience anymore until it goes back to normal. But uh, so it's just sort of make the panellists giggle and laugh, hopefully, and entertain them. So you have to ramp it up a little bit more for energy uh, in the same vein as when we did Lockdown Juice, because that was by myself in my garden. And um, I'd seen a lot of Lockdown Telly and I thought, I'm going to give it more welly. Because um, I thought, I don't like watching Lockdown Telly when it's just filmed on a computer. So I'm going to ramp it up as much as I can. And I didn't sit down because, uh, yeah. I thought, if I, sit, I can't sit down, I've got to I lay an egg. And I did, I laid an egg. I laid an egg. <laughs> <laughs> but you love, you love laughter. You love people laughing 
at you and with yeah. you and you love applause. And I think all performers do. And suddenly having that reduced or taken away. I, I was a, a guest on um, with Lisa Tarbuck and Sue Perkins on their show, Games Night, and there was no audience. There was no audience at all, and it was... Weird. Yeah, it was, and we were all trying... I, I found myself trying so hard to be daft and funny yeah. just to make the others all laugh that you go over the top. But you feed off the audience, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Normally. And when you're not... Um, Getting an applause or a laugh, you, yeah, I don't know. It feels like you're peeing in the wind a little bit. <laughs> um, so you've got to do it for the panellists, really, entertain the panellists. But we've got Halloween juice next week, which is amazing. I love Halloween juice. It's my favourite one. We all get dressed up in... What's the easiest way out of Halloween? Bit of blood. <laughs> I'll tell you what I do like on Halloween, though. People doing zombie versions of people, like zombie um, Alice in Wonderland or zombie... Little Red Riding Hood, that sort of thing. I like, I like those as costumes because you're like, oh, I don't know what to go as, what shall I go as? But you could go as Gabby Roslin, but zombie version of Gabby Roslin. Well, that's easy. Well, I, I think in my mind, I, if I was dressing as you, I'd, I'd go vintage and go um, Big Breakfast. I'd probably put you in a red suit <laughs> and with some sort of hair coming up at the front, probably. There's fringe coming up at the front. <laughs> And very short skirts. That wave of hair, a wave of hair at the front <laughs> in a red God. suit. Oh, don't. It's 28 years ago. Is, that, is it 28 years ago? It started 28 years wow, ago. Wow, that's crazy. So I never got to meet um, Paula Yates. Was Paula Yates lovely? She was, she was extraordinary. She was like nobody I've ever met yeah. before or since. Yeah. She was utterly unique and she really was like a, like a kitten and a, like a doll. You know, when somebody, she was... I don't mean in a breakable way, but, you know, she was so... She was very gorgeous yeah. and incredibly sexy. Yeah, she was sexy. First thing in the morning, she was just properly sexy and she had this whole... Her whole way and how she was with people. I mean, people were intoxicated by her. Yeah. We couldn't be more different. Paula <laughs> Yates and I were the absolute... I was the straightest person on television. She was the sexiest person. And then there was Chris in the middle. So it was... It, I think that's why it worked, really. Yeah, very different, Ecle eclectic mix. Do you and Chris know each other? I've known to say hello to. I'd imagine you two getting on really well. I imagine because you both, you just look at things, you look at things differently and so does he. When you look at something, you don't just see the beauty of the tree and the garden and the blue sky. You'll see what you can then do with that. And that's the same with you with everything, isn't it? Yes, it's weird because I don't like throwing stuff away. And it's the same with my offsprings. As soon as I throw something away, I'll go, oh, I could have used that to make one of those things. Are they very crafty as well, your, 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 your children? Um, yeah, my eldest does a lot of art. And uh, they've just got, in lockdown, we all got into sewing. Um, I've got a sewing machine and they like sew by hand and they make clothes for their Barbies. And, um, but now, they do, they can't, it's funny, they do what I used to do. They're turning their Barbies into... Stranger Things characters by making the same clothes <laughs> as they were in Stranger Things. So I'm often going, oh, can you make this, these jeans for me? I said, I'll have a go. And um, I used to do that with uh, my toys when I was a kid, like turn them into characters that you couldn't buy. And go, oh, look, now I've got um, a Michael J. Fox figure. Can I just share something that I have to get off my chest? Yeah. I hate Barbie. Do you? Hate Barbie. You hate Barbie? Yeah. My my wife Derek's got a collection of Barbies, and I'm looking at them now. They're on her shelf in the office. 
She's got I Dream of Jeannie. She's got Bewitched. Um, she's got uh, Alexis from Dynast both Dynasty, Crystal and Alexis. She's got um, two Grease Barbies. She's got a David Bowie Barbie. Yeah, she's got Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore from Charlie's Angels Barbie. Do you know the history of Barbie? No. That she's actually Lady of the Night. That's where the idea came from. It was it's based on um, an ad in a newspaper which was um, promoting um, paying for romance. No. And it was the character that they, they used in the ad. And initially, Barbie had nipples. And then Mattel was, is it Mattel? I think it's Mattel, isn't it? Mattel were like, no, 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 no nipples for our Barbie, no nipples. And at the, so they got rid of the nipples. And then she, she just had her boobs with no nipples, as we know Barbie now. And then they made a Barbie uh, that when you pull her arm down, her belly grew. So she was pregnant. And then they were no. going, and they're going, no, Barbie shouldn't be pregnant. She would never get married. Barbie should always be sort of ready to go on um, at the adventures of a lady. And uh, we don't want to tie her down to be a married person or uh, having a baby. Because we don't know. It's up to the little girl to decide what, what happens with Barbie's life, not us. But Barbie comes in all different sizes and shapes now, which I think is glorious. My kids look for Barbies that look like them. And, um, you know, you get a ginger Barbie with freckles and stuff. We were on search for um, a Barbie that had brown eyes so she could turn it into Millie Bobby Brown, 11 from Stranger Things, which, again, I had to cut the hair and, and make um, the trousers for that. You are the dream dad. And you wouldn't think so, would you? Because I'm a right potty mouth as well. But I don't, I don't swear at home. So you know what I did? You know what I did? What? I showed them... Um, What's it? Suicide Squad. Because they like superheroes. I thought they can watch Suicide Squad. The only violence is fighting monsters. Um, and I knew there were no Fs and Jeffs in there. And obviously when they saw it, they got obsessed with Harlequin. And then they said, can we watch Birds of Prey? I went, yeah. Because I thought it'd be the same tone. Even though I'd seen it, but just forgot. And she's, I, I'm um, Har Harley, mother effing Quinn. And I'm like, oh no. And F you and all this lot. And then um, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I can't remember not swearing. Oh, don't worry, Dad. Mum uses these words all the time when she's in a car. <laughs> when she's in a car. <laughs> she uses these words all the time when she's in a car. And they have heard it. She gets road rage. <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to... All right. Now, you've got to... All you've got to do, because Robbie Williams, big name drop, but hey, there we yeah. go. I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. Robbie said, you've got to learn to take a compliment. So I'm going to give you a compliment and you just say thank you. I better learn to take it right quick. I'm saying this to Lee, oh? right? Lee, I no, think you were a Keith. genuine... Gabby, you've no, got mad minions, Keith. I don't have oh. an AKA because people know I am on telly. It's just me family have AKA. All right, okay, Keith. All right, so I'll say it then, okay. Anonymous. Okay. Synonymous. So Keith. Anonymous. Lee. <laughs> Lee Anonymous. Keith Lee. Right, shush. I'm going to tell you, I think that you were an utter joy and I think you're a gift of a person and i'm blessed to call you a friend now and thank you for doing this because you just bring joy to the world i agree with everything you said <laughs> Yay! but when do we start this podcast is this the soundtrack because she didn't say welcome <laughs> have we not have we done it thank you my darling oh, i thought we were just warming up before we start doing it yeah for an hour <laughs> That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Please press the subscribe button and it will come straight to your phone on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>